Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Telegraph. Podcasts. I get in sort of around about eight o'clock and read the papers and see what the other cartoonists have done and start thinking about what are going to be the themes of the day. One of the perks of working in the Telegraph's offices in central London is that each weekday you get to see Matt Pritchett, our front page cartoonist, walking around the news floor, hands in pockets soon after this moment, as he begins to come up with ideas for tomorrow's cartoon. Matt looks just like you'd hope he would. He's understated and gentle-looking, he wears jeans and scuffed leather boots, and there's usually just the faintest hint of a smile on his lips. Unlike the rest of us, his job here is to make people laugh, and it's probably no coincidence that the story of how he got his call-up at the Telegraph is a funny one. One day, somebody came up to me and said... The editor, who was Max Hastings at the time, uh, has to write a front-page apology because we printed the wrong date on the front of the Telegraph and the readers have gone berserk and they've been going on holiday on the wrong day and uh, having a row in the post office. And I think we'd said the Thursday, the 27th of February was a day early so we published that on the wednesday and then on the thursday we had an apology on the front page from max hastings and they wanted a cartoon to go with it and i had two people saying i hope i have a better thursday than i did yesterday (laughs) and i think max said in conference the following day that it was a very good cartoon and he liked it and when he said that, it just meant I was on the front page pretty regularly from then on. That fateful Double Thursday mix-up was back in the late 1980s. Matt's been here ever since. And like he said, on any normal day, you can find him here at about 8am to look through the papers and try and figure out where the news might be heading. But we're not really here to talk about a normal day. Millions of receipts of expenses claims by all MPs. The Daily Telegraph has obtained them all. We need to recognise and understand how angry people are. We locked these guys in a room and we just said, here's the disc, work out, start going through it. I'm Pete Norton and this is Expenses, a podcast about journalism, politics, cartooning and what it's like to bring a huge national secret into the light. Do you remember the moment when you first caught wind of the fact that this story was in the building? I, very late on, and it was Will Lewis called me into his office. Will Lewis was the editor of The Telegraph in 2009. Because I think I'd just been having a normal day. You know, I, I the news editor had was just preparing a news list like he always did. And I'd been, I can't even remember what the subjects were. But I actually did a bit of digging and I'm pretty sure it was Jana Lumley and the Gurkhas that day. Gurkhas ...to be allowed the right to come and settle in this country. 
Well, I'd yeah. probably had six jokes on Joanna Lumley and the Gurkhas and took them to see Will. And he put them to one side and said, ah, oh, there might be another story coming up that you... But even at four o'clock in the afternoon, you know, I, I mean, I can't imagine what pressure he was under, but he, he wouldn't tell me much more than MPs have been claiming a bit too much uh, on their expenses. And if you just think of a joke about an MP claiming... <laughs> Uh, and I, I remember sort of not really knowing which MP it was or what the expenses were or what they'd claimed for. It was just very, very general. And I don't even know if they'd, at that point of the day, definitely decided to do it the following day. You know, I think there was, everything was so up in the air. Anyway, I thought of an okay joke about an MP claiming for a hair shirt or something. Uh, I'm just going to um, butt in here because I think what Matt came up with, given such limited information, is actually better than an OK joke and I wanted to give you a picture of it. So the cartoon shows an MP sitting at his desk with Big Ben in the background and a copy of that day's scandal-breaking telegraph in front of him. The MP's pressing a button on an intercom, presumably talking to his secretary next door, and he's saying, buy me a hair shirt and put it on expenses. Personally, I would have lingered on this. But as you can probably tell, Matt isn't one to blow his own trumpet. And anyway, for him, the best was yet to come. I didn't really realise just how big it was, till the, the story was, until the following day. And then it was, you know, I can't remember how many, the first eight pages or ten pages yeah. of the paper. And then I sort of, oh, I get it now. This is huge. And from then on, I, you know, I was let, we had a special room, the expenses room, and I was allowed to go in there. What was that room like? It was like a pit. It was a very, it was a terrible mess with sort of pizza boxes. I mean, I don't know if day one or day two it was like this, but by the end it was pizza boxes and old cans of drink and, you know, things stuck up on the wall. I, I remember things stuck on, up on the wall everywhere. It's not going to have sound on this, is it? What? It's not going to have sound on. Stop it's all about you. <laughs> when we were researching this project, we found some old handycam footage of the reporters in this room, shot in 2009, and it's just as Matt describes. About a dozen of them are sat at desks, ranged round the place, each with its own desktop computer. They're running Windows XP, since you asked. And there are piles of old newspaper, food wrappers, disposable cups, and even a laminated map of the world, all forgotten, scattered on the floor. And behind them, on the back wall, there's the kind of display you often see in detective movies. Headshots of politicians, printouts of articles, scribbled notes, all attached to the wall. It's not a glamorous scene, but looking back over the footage, what you do sense is how powerfully focused it is. Everyone in the room seems completely intent on what they're doing. And for Matt, this was a magical time to be part of a team who are not only breaking a huge story, but also setting the news agenda for every other paper in the UK. So instead of having to come in in the morning and figure out where the news was going to go, he had a room full of people who could just show him. It was lovely uh, because, one, it was very, very exciting. 
two, as a cartoonist, you were mocking politicians and nobody's ever said, I think you were too hard on that politician. And nobody, had, you know, it, it was a scandal and serious and everything, but it it nobody was saying you can't make jokes about this, which some subjects, you know, are huge, and but you can't go close to them for very good reasons. But this was a huge subject. We had it to ourselves, so I got first go at it before the other cartoonists. It felt like the whole world were watching, and it was it was it was very exciting. Mm. So it was it was a lovely. It, it was it was a great time to be working at the Telegraph. Yeah. I'd actually like to to just um, talk through a few specific cartoons. Yeah. So we've got here. This is from a few days in to the story. This is Tuesday, the May the twelfth. Story, right. Stories began on Friday the eighth. Right. So the front page here is a number of. Tories who've been claiming for luxurious things on expenses like horse manure, uh, chandelier, um, swimming pools. Could you just talk us through your, your cartoon here? Oh, so this is a uh, father in a very grand house pointing through the window saying to his son, one day, son, all this will be on expenses. And it, that's a bit like, that scene is a bit like a sort of desert island scene, that there are many cartoons uh, where somebody will point to his rolling hills and land and say, one day all this will be yours. But it's a sort of tweak on that. Yeah. I've got another one here for Friday, May 15th. And one of the lead stories on this one is a Labour minister called Elliot Morley. Elliot Morley paid off the mortgage on this house three years ago, but that didn't stop him claiming £800 a month for it on his expenses for more than a year and a Who half. Who was found to have been claiming £16,000 for a mortgage that didn't exist. So this was the beginnings of criminal wrongdoing being exposed by the Telegraph. Oh, yes. So this is a man in prison and he's sh shouting through the bars of the door. Can you tell the fees office I'm designating this as my main residence? <laughs> and it, just as the MPs became an expert on what they could claim, you know, we, we all learnt about what it meant to have your main residence and what you could claim for in your second residence. So it was a sort of steep learning curve for us all, really. Yeah. I'll come on now to a cartoon of yours which people often reference when they're talking about the expenses scandal and which I think does a really great job of capturing the absurdity of some of what happened. Um, so this is Wednesday, May 20th, and the story here is the resignation of the Speaker of the House of Commons, Michael Martin. ...is going to resign over the expenses scandal in Parliament. It marks the first time in more than three centuries that a Speaker of the House of Commons has been forced out. Michael Martin is due to make... Yeah, it, I think it was the feeling that he he didn't really quite understand how serious it was and he hadn't quite appreciated what, how cross the public were. And I, this is two uh, MPs walking across Westminster Bridge with the House of Commons in the background and one MP saying, as soon as I saw what I'd been up to... I knew the speaker had to go. <laughs> and uh, it was it was the feeling that somebody had to take the blame for this, you know, and I think the MPs were hoping that it, it would end with him taking the blame for it. But I think that's 
that's probably my favourite cartoon, that or The Duck House, yes, yeah. uh, of the whole thing. Do you remember the moment of inspiration, the kind of light bulb, eureka moment for the Michael Martin joke? I can't remember the day I thought of that. Funnily enough, I can see we're about to move on to The Duck House and I can definitely remember the moment I thought of that. We'll be back to find out Matt's inspiration for this now infamous Duck House cartoon right after this. Hi, my name's Patrick. I'm a senior data journalist at The Telegraph, which means I usually spend a lot of time staring blankly at vast spreadsheets. But when we started thinking about the 10-year anniversary of the expenses scandal a few months ago, the thing that really struck me about the scandal was that even the things that MPs were allowed to claim for under the rules could be of completely scandalous proportions. So I've been working on a choose-your-own-adventure-style game that puts you in the shoes of an MP sitting in 2009 and allows you to navigate the expenses system. I've spent hours trawling through the rule books to find loopholes and ways to max out on the taxpayer's money, which wouldn't have been penalised 10 years ago. Did you know, for instance, MPs were allowed to claim up to £750 for a CD player to keep at their second home? If you'd like to find out if your expense claims would have landed you in prison, or even if you'd just like to know how the rules have changed over the past 10 years, go to telegraph.co.uk forward slash expenses or click on the link in the show notes to this episode. I can't remember how they found a photo of it, uh, but they they did somehow. I They had it stuck to the side of the wall. and um, The photograph they found, and which you can still view online, just search for Duck House Telegraph, shows a very attractive one-room residence for ducks modelled on an 18th century Swedish house and complete with entry ramp, two-tone paint job and lead-tiled roof. Um, it was just so perfect. I thought, well, you know, I have to do that. And it has to be ducks. You know, I love drawing animals talking about things anyway, so I have to draw ducks saying something. And it took, it was right at the end of the day when I think I just noticed... Because uh, the ducks here are saying, do you think we could fit a plasma TV in there? And I think right at the end of the day, I just happened to have a paper open near me and I saw a picture of a huge plasma TV and suddenly... Which was another know, running trope in the exactly, story that, that lots of MPs have been claiming for Exactly. And suddenly the, it just clicked. Oh, yes, well, of course the ducks would want a plasma TV. The final cartoon I wanted to go over with Matt is from towards the end of the Telegraph's reporting, and the story here was a particularly surreal one. On the 19th of June, more than a month after our paper started printing stories about expenses, the UK government published their own version of the files that the Telegraph had been working from. But in these government versions, officials had gone through and redacted or blacked out lots of the details, like home addresses and particularly outrageous claims, including, funnily enough, the Duck House, that had enabled the Telegraph to report on MPs' wrongdoing in the first place. So, coming as it did after weeks and weeks of revelations about expenses, it was basically like Parliament getting up on a soapbox and saying, if we'd had the chance, this is what we would have liked to hide from you. Yes, they 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 redacted a lot more than uh, certainly the Telegraph did. Yes, this is uh, uh, George Washington 
the redacted version. He's saying to his father, I cannot tell a blacked out father. I blacked out, blacked out, the blacked out, blacked out. I think I also, a couple of days later, did a just completely redacted cartoon, which was just a very black, huge black square for the drawing and a black, two black lines where the captures should be. And it it was one of the great features of the the whole series is that the story moved on every day. So we had the initial scandal of they've been claiming for everyday items that nobody expected they were claiming for. Then we had the sort of backlash and the anger with the speaker. Um, and then we moved on to the sort of, you know, who who was going to be in a trouble for flipping their houses and maybe even going to prison. And then the redact. So although it went on for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, the story was always moving forward. Mm. So uh, that made it much easier to do cartoons. You, you, you weren't constantly doing jokes about another fruit bowl or another plasma TV or a... Yeah. Uh, the, the story was moving all the time. Matt is insistently modest about his own involvement in all of this. In his telling of expenses, the reporters, editors and lawyers were the people doing the really hard graft, and he was just off to one side, coming up with jokes. I'll leave you to make your own judgement about whether that's true and about how easy his job actually is. But there's also something about Matt's role at the paper that gives him a unique and valuable perspective here. Because, for decades now, it's been his job to intently observe the ebbs and flows of the news. From his office in the corner of the Telegraph's newsroom, he's seen governments change, scandals erupt, wars begin and end, and, in the last few years, has been chronicling the surreal twists and turns of another huge parliamentary story. Hint, this one begins with B and ends with Brexit. With 10 years' distance between him and our expenses reporting, I wanted to know, how does it compare to the other big stories he's covered in the paper? Arthur Wynne Davies, who was the lawyer at the time, and he'd been on newspapers by then a very long time himself, and he said this was the biggest exclusive, biggest story for a single newspaper that had ever been in fleet. And I think I'm sure he's right. Mm. And uh, Brexit, which I'm in the middle of, the whole country's in the middle of, but cartooning, I, you know, but that's, we don't, the Telegraph don't have that to ourselves. We're sharing that with, <laughs> with the rest of the world. And it's similar. I mean, there are lots of similarities in that it's an enormous subject that's dominating everything and it is changing every day is probably a bit more important really but you know expenses we had to ourselves and everyone was looking at us so for for vanity reasons it was it was more fun and i think i got i don't know if i'm right but i got the impression that when we started we had no idea how long it was going to go on in the paper, yeah, you know, whether people would be bored by it or whether we'd run out of information, material, yeah. And it just, I think these discs we had, you know, just kept 
throwing up these extraordinary facts. If you look at other newspaper cartoons from the expenses period, they're a riot of colour, outrage and indignity. Politicians digging each other into trenches, Big Ben half submerged in the middle of a duck pond, the Prime Minister being measured up for a coffin, ministers eating money from a pig trough. But Matt's cartoons, both then and now, take a gentler approach. In simple black and white line drawings, they view the news through the prism of ordinary people's lives. Unlike the gaudy political caricatures you find in the middle of a newspaper, near the op-ed pages, Matt's front page jokes play out in living rooms, shops, street corners and pubs. To round up, he explains to me what draws him to this style of cartooning and what he tries to achieve with every bit of work he does. I, I thought when I was starting uh, that, firstly, I wasn't very good at caricatures. I could just about make someone look like they were a famous face or a famous person. But then I just thought, for the sake of jokes, it's much easier how big events affect small people. And it's much more about the news happening to people. And in the expenses scandal, to some extent, the MPs were the... that The news was happening to them. And I think that I'm not really aiming to make a point ever with my cartoons. I'm really, uh, you know, I'm really aiming just to make people laugh. Uh, and it, over the past 30 years, I have had people occasionally saying to me, oh, you made a very good point there. But uh, I'm really doing it by mistake. Um, it's it's the joke I'm going for, really. I'd never tame to be doing an important job, but I, I always think laughing is a good idea. Matt Pritchett, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Expenses is produced by me, Pete Norton, with Theodora Leludis. Our theme music is by Elliot Lampett, and we're mixed by David Crackles. Special thanks this week to all the people who left reviews for episode one on iTunes. We read every single one, and we've been really touched by what you've said about it, so thanks again. And a particular shout-out to Algarvian Man, who wrote, quote, riveting documentary which would make an excellent film. We've got some good news for you on that front. The Telegraph's video team did make a film. It's an absolutely gripping account of the newspaper's reporting in 2009, featuring interviews with all the people you'll hear in this podcast and a few more besides. To watch it, head to telegraph.co.uk forward slash expenses or follow the link in the show notes to this episode. If you want to get in touch about this series, please do leave us messages on the iTunes reviews page or email us at podcasts at telegraph.co.uk. That's podcasts, plural, at telegraph.co.uk. And also, if you want to see more of Matt's cartoons, we post them on Twitter every weekday, at Matt Cartoonist. And there's a link to that in the show notes too. We'll be back next Wednesday to meet Heather Brook, the freedom of information campaigner whose tireless work on MPs' expenses played a crucial role in getting the story to light. See you then. The only other story I have was when 
I, I think it was after about three or four weeks, Will Lewis, one afternoon, picked my joke and he said to me, would you like to go for a beer? So I said, oh, yeah, I'd love to go for a beer. And we went to the pub and uh, his mobile rang. And as I think it was a nearly daily event, it was Gordon Brown to shriek at <laughs> And he, he was standing in the crowded pub with, the, I could hear his voice just yelling. And Will Lewis said, I, I can't really speak at the moment, because, Prime Minister, because I'm, I'm in the pub with Matt. Uh, and then he put his hand, oh, sorry. He put his hand over the phone and said, Gordon says hello. <laughs> Uh, I think Gordon hung up and rang to shout at him later on. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.